You are listening to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast, a Burning Hallows production. We are your otherworldly hosts, Alora Rain and Kitty Fields. And welcome to season six, Oracles. We are back, baby. And hey, (laughs) (laughs) and hey, don't forget to hit the subscribe button to receive notifications of future episodes. Please check out our sister podcast, Mimir's Well, where we explore taboo and devious witchy topics. And kindly pay a visit to our websites, alorarain.com and otherworldlyoracle.com. And now on to the show. Hagstones, holy stones, fairy stones, a formidable stone in Celtic lore still used today and beloved by many. What are these curious little charms? Why are they so powerful? And how can we use them? What is up? Oh my gosh, we're back. Jeez. Took a little bit of time. Took a little bit of time, but uh, we made it. I know. I know. I have missed podcasting for sure. I just heard that Eminem song in my head. Guess who's back? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Back (laughs) again. All right. So (laughs) this is exciting. Yes. And this is a topic that I virtually know nothing about. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I know what hagstones are, but mm-hmm. I've never delved into their lore or used them or anything like that. So this is going to be your spotlight, my dear. All righty, cool. Okay, so do you have a hagstone and do you use it? That is a resounding yes. I actually have so many that I've lost count. <laughs> Holy moly. Um, it didn't used to be that way though. There there was many, many years where I always wanted to find one and mm. it just never happened. And then probably in the past two or three years, I find them where I live on the beach, and I find them pretty much every like beachy Caribbean destination I go to somehow. Okay, so that kind of answers my next question, sort of, which is where do you find hagstones? Yeah, you find them um, on a beach usually, You could, but there's kind of like this misconception with hagstones that some people say you can only find them in riverbeds. That's just not true. You can find them, be it on an ocean shoreline or in a riverbed or in a creek, basically anywhere there's water and there's stone. And they are also made out of coral as well, specific kinds of coral that are more What's the word I'm looking for? Like smooth? Hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So for everybody listening out there who's going, what the hell is a hagstone? (laughs) (laughs) What is a hagstone exactly? So a lot of people know them to be called holy stones, but they're basically the simple definition is a stone with a hole straight through it. Okay. So They're called stones, but like I said, they can even be pieces of hardened coral that have a hole straight through them. The key to actually knowing if you have a holy or hagstone or not is that if you can hold it up to your eye and see through it. 
sometimes I find stones and pieces of coral that have holes in them, but they don't go straight through. And unfortunately, that means it's not a holy stone. There's a lot of folklore around hagstones or holy stones. They're also called fairy stones, witch stones, and even Odin stones, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, they have many different names, and it just depends on the region where you're from, what they might be called, because there's various legends attached to them. So some of the sources that you'll find online claim that they're the same thing as what's called an adder stone. That's spelled A-D-D-E-R. They also call them serpent eggs, but... I've not found any concrete evidence to connect that specific kind of stone, like in legend, to the hag stone. So I honestly think that they're two different things. But Wikipedia and like the main sources online say that they're the same, but I I don't believe they are. Hmm. I've never heard of an adder stone. I don't know a lot about it. It's just supposed to be a hardened serpent's egg, and there's some kind of myth surrounding it, but I haven't really dug into that mythology yet. Hmm. So what kinds of things do you do with these hagstones? They're considered good luck. So they're good luck charms, but they're also used as amulets. They're very protective, especially in Celtic lore. They're used to ward off illness Uh, keep evil spirits at bay, and basically just ward off negative energy in general. But they can also Mm. bring prosperity and good health and vitality. And when you find them, you can basically put them anywhere around the home. You can put them on your altar, and you can even wear one to harness its full protective powers. And there's also a legend that druids once wore these stones around their neck as a sort of like a badge of honor or status. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. This just goes to show too that it doesn't matter how long you are practicing in a particular uh, vein or culture or, um, you know, it doesn't matter how, how long you've been practicing. There are always new things to learn. Um, So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So like, I know what hagstones are, but I have never used one, found one, anything like that. So this is pretty cool. Well, now that we're talking about it, I hope that one finds you. (laughs) That would be neat. Yeah. Where you live, you get to the beach sometimes. I would hope that you would find one, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We don't live far from the Indian ocean. Um, So in the summertime, yes, we're down at the beach quite often. So we will see. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled. And um, another funny thing that I found is that children find them easy or they find children very easily. So if you have kids, you know, let them know what you're looking for and it might come to them first. Hmm. Just my experience. So you said they're called Odin stones. Mm -hmm. Why? In an ancient poem, Odin has a dwarf drill a hole through a magical auger stone, which is like a, um, you know, a divination stone or a stone to to see, right? Used to see. Mm-hmm. The dwarf is reluctant, but finishes the work. Odin shifts into a snake and enters the stone, only to shift into a young man on the other side. You see, the stone gave Odin the ability to move between worlds and shapeshift with ease. Odin's mm-hmm. stone helped him steal the meat of poetry as well. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, it is. It is. It really is. I 
I've never used a, a Odin stone or hag stone in shape-shifting rituals, but that is something that if anybody's into shape-shifting or hedge witchery, you could probably experiment with, you know? Yeah, because I I know the myth of the meat of poetry, but I did not know this precursor <laughs> myth. Yeah, I know. It's funny how it just this whole, there's so many Norse myths that the more you look into it, the more you find almost, you know? Oh, yeah. Everything's interconnected. Mm-hmm. We called them hagstones at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we know that in witchcraft, there is such a thing as the divine hag, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So I'm assuming there's a connection here with that as well. Yes, I think so. Just to preface this whole thing, I think that there's more than what than just one divine hag, right? I, just to me, right. I feel like there's multiple. But specifically last year, I had the privilege of working with the goddess, the Kalyuk from Scottish Irish folklore and history. Mm -hmm. She is basically an ever-present ancient deity that's believed to have been brought to Ireland by the Celt Iberians. So that's the Celts from the area that's today Spain and Portugal. Mm. And there's actually some sources that believe she actually predates the Celts, that she's even more primal than that, more primitive. Mm. But anyway, so this crone goddess she was also considered a giantess and the legend has it that she carried stones in her apron which fell out and crashed at different places onto the british isles and ireland thereby shaping the land the landscape Hmm. i believe the hagstone is firstly related to her for this reason this is my own own personal theory again i haven't really found like an actual connection to that but this was just something that kind of I guess, came up during a meditation with her. Hmm. But also because she is considered a divine hag, a divine ancestor, and one of the fairy people. So if you plan to work with the Kalyuk or some other type of divine hag, then hag stones are obviously going to be beneficial there as well. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. But again, I mean, I think there's many divine hags and there's probably even like some of the the mighty dead, you know, witches from the past that you could even use hagstones to work with. Would would you consider Bershta to be one of the divine hags? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yes. That's yeah. what I was thinking too. Yeah, I think any any goddess or you know mythical figure that takes on the crone or or hag aspect, or is even a shapeshifter and and has you know, shifted into old woman form. Yeah. I consider them a divine hag. Yeah. Cause then you, you also have like Baba Yaga and I mean, there's heaps. Definitely. Hecate. We could go on about that, <laughs> but we're not going to, <laughs> we got to move on. Okay. So we talked a little bit about where to find hag stones, but can you expand on that? Yeah, so you can actually purchase these little helpful charms online or in a metaphysical shop. They can also be given to you. So let's say someone finds them on a beach and you've always wanted one and then that person sends one to you or gifts it to you. That's fine as well. But I think the best way is to find one yourself or to let nature gift it to you. 
Yeah. I mean, this was for years I was looking every beach I went to every Creek I looked, but I never found one. The first one we actually found, I told my daughter what I was looking for. And she pulled three of them up from the ocean that day. So I think it's when you least expect it. And then also when the other world feels you're ready for it. I think too, yeah. it's easier to find them at the beach um, after like a big storm or after they've done like a round of dredging. Mm. Does that make sense? Um, like when yeah, they, they wash up. Yeah. I even, I've never found a shark's tooth before in my life. And that was the first time I found a, a fossilized shark shark's tooth was after they dredged the beach and uh, my husband and I were walking down the beach and I'm like, what is this little black thing here? You know? And I picked it up. I was like, Oh, so you can find a lot of cool stuff after they dredge or sadly after a large storm. Hmm. Yeah. But I mean, don't even, if you really are looking for one, sometimes I literally just walk into the water and just plunge my hands into the sand, like underneath and see what I pull up. Hmm. And that, that was actually the method that my daughter used to find them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Very cool. Yeah. But like I said, you don't have to like find them in a, specifically in a riverbed. I don't know. There was some like rumor going around about that. You know how things pass around on the internet and, and you're like, where did that even come from? Like someone just made that up. You can <laughs> anywhere that water can wear a hole into a stone is where you can find one. Mm. I, okay. I had, I have a question. Yeah. So you said that probably the best way to find one of these is for nature to gift it to you. Mm -hmm. Now, have you used your hagstone for divination? I have. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that nature gifting it to you is because the divination you experience by using one is, I don't, I don't want to say more powerful, but like a level up. Than your normal divination? Yes. Um, but when I was using it, it was in correlation to the Kalyak and then also with another Celtic goddess named Kleena, which I think we've talked about briefly. Mm. There have been times, though, where I will like just keep a hagstone with me when I'm doing a reading on mm. the table just beside me and, and that way. And I think that the energy lends to the reading. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it, it makes it more powerful. I know this would be so silly, but I would totally do it. <laughs> like I would lay out my cards and then I would pick up my hagstone and literally put it on my eyeball and see if it, you know what I mean? Like see if it altered my intuitive vision. I don't think that that's silly because I, we were, I was going to get to that later on. You just oh. jumped ahead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I know that, like, I just, I laugh when I picture it in my head, like. No, I don't think it's silly at all. They, they, it's, well, we're going to talk about it, but the Holy Stone is considered a seer stone as well. So that leads us into the next portion mm -hmm. of the, which is how do we use them? So we did talk a little bit about divination, but there's other ways to use them as well. Yeah. One of the big ways that it's used is as a protective amulet. This mm -hmm. is basically the first and foremost use, and it aligns with old British lore. By hanging a hagstone on a red string, and then you hang it by your front door, it's supposed to ward off evil in many different forms. 
you can hang it on any cord thread or string or yarn or whatever you have um, in general. And it's supposed to align with the concept of the union between male and female parts, right? Oh, yeah, the string enters sense. the whole. So, and again, this is just a part of British lore, but some see the stone as a symbol of the goddess's womb and therefore carrying her protective essence. Mm. You can also place a box of them if you have a bunch beneath your front porch. It's supposed to guard the household as well. And then, okay, go ahead. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Stop. I've got a question. Yeah. This is going to sound silly, right? So, we talk a lot about how you shouldn't have like welcome mats, right? Mm. Because you're literally welcoming any form of entity into your house. Correct. Right. So, <laughs> let's say somebody puts down a welcome mat, but they also hang one of these hagstones from their front door. Right. Do they like cancel each other out? I don't think so. Okay. But I, I, I what know. literally I had this visual cause I'm a really like, you know, I'm a visual person, but I literally mm. had this visual of like a group of ghosts, like walking up to a front door and going, well, she says we're welcome. And then they try to go in and they're warded off by the, the stone. <laughs> and they're like, damn it. You know, <laughs> Okay. I mean, I don't know why. I guess my saying is like, I don't know why. I know a lot of people have big welcome mats out front, but I definitely don't. Mine just has my last name initial, you know, <laughs> I would never put a big welcome sign out front. But I mean, some people have them. I mean, you do what you want, but I just think it's kind of silly to have both. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So continue. Sorry. Okay. No, no worries. So if anyone's ever read any books by author Gemma Gary, she's pretty brilliant. Mm -hmm. But anyway, in her book, Silent as the Trees, one particular hagstone artifact is housed in the Scarborough Museum's Trusts Collection in England. This stone is threaded onto knotted twine and is labeled a mare stain, which is basically horse stone for people that don't understand because it took me a while for some like stain. Yeah, that's just like the accent for stone. <laughs> so it was prepared and sold by an X, X mouth, X mouth. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. It's a town in England, a wise woman in 1910 to be hung on a bedstead to ward off nightmares. Hmm. So they believed that they, the reason why it's called mare stain or mare stone was because it would ward off the nightmare. Right. Hmm. So yeah. you can hang it from your bedpost. That's cool. Or next to your bed or put it under your pillow or your mattress or whatever. Hmm. I haven't That's done that. Cool. I have not done that with it. I, I've used it in other protective ways, but I've not put it in my room like as a as a nightmare ward as of yet. There's always time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I hope not soon, but yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, oh, oh. And interestingly, you'll hear these stones are used to see fairies, which we're going to detail in the next part. But they've also been employed to ward off the fae, especially mm -hmm. being hung around horses' necks to prevent the pixies from riding them at night. Um, I don't know that horses really like to wear jewelry, but... <laughs> well, they used to do this in England is, is the point, but, um, I mean, they got it. They wear bells and, and, and bits and 
collars and everything else. So what did they just put? They they just make a harness out of these things or something? I mean, you could probably hang it from the harness. Okay. Also, so that they were also used back in the day to prevent witches from riding the horses and they would tie them to the stable key, which is interesting. So it's like, did they leave the key in the barn door with the hagstone hanging from it? Because then anyone could just open the door and come in. Anyway. <laughs> I feel like with a witch would have looked at that and just been like, <laughs> thrown it off the key. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, this is all, this is, you know, we're weaving superstition and yeah, you know, the, the fear aspect of witches into it, right? Yes, definitely. So we, I mean, them back in the day. So, okay. So, can you give us some more information about looking into the stones, like we were talking about a little bit ago? Yeah. So you were right. You were. You said this seems silly, but I would use it and look right straight through it. Yeah, you definitely can do that, and people do use it in that way because it's also called the seer stone. And it's funny if anybody's ever read the book or seen the movie Coraline, it's mm. written by Neil Gaiman, one of my favorite authors. But anyway, Coraline, she's the the uh, hero of the story. She peers through the hole in the stone to see another world and the beings therein. So Gaiman didn't make this concept up. He actually, you know, he obviously used it from folklore. Right. But yeah, I mean, there's been for centuries, people have used these stones to peer into the other realms. They're particularly effective for seeing elementals and fae folk, which I find funny because I had a dream about the goddess Kleena, who is also a fairy queen in Irish Mm. Celtic mythology. And the dream was that basically I was on a shoreline somewhere. She was showing me and I was following her and I was stepping on these different stones, but then all around me, there was like thousands of holy stones. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so she's telling me to like pick them up, you know, and put them in my pockets. So it's just kind of funny. She's related to the Fae, but you know, and then it's like, she was telling me to, to use them to actually see. Hmm. Spirits. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then, and then that's where, like you said, to look through it while you're doing divination. I absolutely did that. And funny enough, I could see details on the cards that I hadn't before. Oh, that's like really cool. What's that? Mm, I said, that's really cool. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, maybe I just need a little miniature, like, I don't know. Uh, maybe you just need to construct. Glass. Oh, no, I was just going to say, maybe you need to construct like a pair of glasses out of them just for divination. <laughs> How funny would that be? Let me put on the holy glasses. That is, that would be funny. I like that idea, actually. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> it would be cool. It would be different. Come okay. get your Hagstone glasses, only made at Otherworldly Oracle. <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's so cool. It is kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so can you use these as offerings? Yeah, definitely. You can, they make great offerings for Celtic and Norse deities, like we've been talking about. And they also are good for water elementals, mermaids, undines, uh, or even like ancestors who either live near the sea or might have crossed over the sea. 
Mm, you can put yeah. them on your altar or anywhere you honor these deities and spirits. Also, mm. kind of a cool note, if anybody's ever read Aradia or heard of the witch's gospel, mm-hmm. they say that a holy stone is a positive sign from the goddess Diana. So apparently you can use hagstones in, in working with Diana as well. Nice. Yeah. Because Diana is also... So Artemis, um, any any moon goddess, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I t- To be fully honest, I don't know enough about Diana to say if she shifts into like a crone form. But that would be interesting to look into. Yeah, no, I don't. Mm, I've not heard of yeah, it, but I haven't done enough diving into roman mythology that deep you know to say yeah right. i don't want to be like definitely not and then have somebody listen to this and be like actually and like reference the myth or something <laughs> yeah so, no I, yeah. I don't either but yeah oh one more thing too you can keep them in your bathroom or your laundry room or even by a pool if you have one it kind of balances out the the water energy in there so it's really probably good to have in there during a mercury retrograde as well. So that mm. things don't go, you know, awry. <laughs> Pear shaped. Right. Oh gosh. That's all I have on, on Holy stones though. That, that pretty much wraps it for me. Well, that was fun. Yeah. We are trying something a little different this season. We are trying episodes to be a little bit shorter but a little bit deeper so yes probably give us your feedback on what you think about the new format yes and if there's a topic that we feel needs more attention we might actually split it into two parts yeah definitely thank you all for joining us as we kick off a brand new exciting season of the podcast if you have a moment please go rate and review on your app as this helps us reach more and more people. And if you want to support us, head on over to our Patreon for exclusive content and bonus episodes. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.